Hello, everybody. My name is Christina Stafford, here to welcome you to the Fearless Journey podcast. We hope you'll join us in this firsthand telling of God's faithfulness in each of these women's journeys, challenging them to rise up and live fearless in any and every season. Hello, friends. It's Jamie Massey, your host of the Fearless Journey podcast. Well, next Friday, our Fearless Women's Conference will begin, and I can hardly wait for you to get here, girls. We are so excited. We have Amy McGlamory and Roxanne Corbett as some of our speakers. This is going to be a life-changing weekend, and you don't want to miss it. It's still not too late to get registered. So go to fearlesswomensconference.com and get registered today. I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Tanya Andre. Tanya Andre is an anti-human trafficking missionary and a hashtag church to child sexual abuse survivor. She travels throughout the U.S. and internationally with her nonprofit, The Mavuno Project, sharing her testimony. She shares her transformational message of being a victim to a survivor and now a thriver. Tanya has been featured on TV and Salsa and has spoken at women conferences, nonprofit organizations, schools, and churches. She has received a certificate of congressional recognition for her work, sealed by the U.S. Congress and signed by Florida Congressman Frederica Wilson. Tanya has a B.A. from Lee University in ministry leadership. She is married to Reginald, and together they share a lifelong commitment for helping their community achieve family values, integrity, generosity, and gratitude. Welcome, Tanya. Why? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited about today. I've been wanting to do this interview for quite a while, ladies, so you're going to enjoy this. And if you've never had the opportunity to meet Tanya, you are going to fall in love with her today. Today, we're talking about what the enemy meant for evil. God will turn and use for your good. That's the word of God, isn't it, Tanya? Amen, yes. <laughs> and your life speaks of that in so many ways. And so I want to kind of introduce our listeners to who you are. So take a moment and tell us about who you are, how you came to Christ. And I know all the Cooper City women know who you are and love you, but uh, maybe they don't know all these details. So introduce us. Sure. So <laughs> who is Tanya Andre? Well, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit of a lot of different things. So just True. to give you some some background, I'm Puerto Rican. Yay. So I was yeah, I was <laughs> I was born in Puerto Rico, okay. but then I was raised in the Bronx, uh-huh. and then we moved to Tampa, Florida, and then from Tampa I moved to good old sweet old Tennessee, so I can do a really good Tennessee accent. <laughs> you really can. I do. You're yes. good at that. <laughs> Um, and I lived there for about eight years, and okay. then now I call Miami home. I love and it. this is definitely where I just I'm never leaving South yeah. Florida. Yeah. The weather's too good. It is. It's the truth, <laughs> and it's yearly. It just you know, it's one of these places to me. Uh, and we've only lived here, of course, like a year now. But it's one of these places that you don't grow tired of living here because it's just tropical weather. It's beautiful all, all the time, all year round, all year round, all year exactly. Round. So yeah. I, yeah, so I grew up in the church. Okay. I think I got saved in my mom's stomach. 
I swear I did. Yes. It felt like it. Yes. Um, but I was born into a family of just uh, missionaries, evangelists, pastors mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family had a huge ministry. My aunt was a gospel singer all mm-hmm. over South America. Mm-hmm. My dad actually directed a choir similar to campus choir yeah, at Lee. Lee University. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. You and I were both in campus yes! choir, of course, different <laughs> years, but <laughs> love yeah, it. Yeah, so, and he traveled all over South America. So I was... R- raised Mm -hmm. in the church and actually I got saved at six years old wow within my own me too really within my own like my own recognition like my own mind and my own so I got saved at six wow beautiful yeah wow that is so cool and I know you grew up as a preacher's kid um, ministry was, as you stated, it was in your family. And so growing up in the church, you were probably one of those uh, kids that were at church every time the church doors were open. Yeah. Uh, but to give us a little bit of an introduction, what is it like being a PK, as we call them? For me, it was a lot of pressure mm. um, because I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I would see, and then my dad he would like put me up on stages <laughs> when I was little yeah. and I would sing my aunt songs oh, in Spanish, wow. you know? It yeah. was so, so like, yeah, they put, remember the soundtracks back yes, in the day? Yes. <laughs> so I would, he'd bring me up on stage. I think I've had to be like maybe five or six years old. Oh, I have goodness. pictures. He'd take wow. me up on stage and I'd be singing. So it, it, wow. it became a, like pressure. I didn't know mm-hmm. what that meant. And, yeah. um, it, it made me feel like I had to act a certain way. Yes. I had to look a certain way, mm-hmm. be a certain way, but yet I wasn't feeling mm-hmm. the way I yes. had to quote unquote act or look like. Yeah. So for a while it just became, um, I didn't want it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't want that lifestyle. Right. Right. You know, cause I didn't understand it. Right. A lot of preachers kids talk about that. Um, the expectations yes. that people have of them. And then of course, when they get old enough, they want to rebel against that. You know, they don't, they don't like that. The fact that people are trying to force them to be something that they don't think they are, you know, I don't want right. to be what you think I am. So a lot of preachers kids express that, but I know something happened to you and I, I want us to go ahead and, mm-hmm. and talk about this because I, I think this is really what has shaped so much of who Tanya is today about right. uh, something happened that greatly impacted your life and it still does even to this day um, would you take the audience back to what that was okay. and why it impacted you so greatly so there are two key things that happened while growing up that have totally changed um, my mind and what you say who I am now one of them was as young as I was three years old Mm. Um, I got hit by a car in front of my grandmother's house in Puerto Rico and I got thrown 20 feet away from my grandmother's house Mm. my dad and my uncle 
came and grabbed me and they pro- pronounced me dead. Oh. I was not breathing. I, was, mm. I wasn't I was showing any signs of life. Mm. And when they put me in the car to take me to the emergency room, my uncle laid his hands on me and he mm. commanded that the enemy would take his hands off of me. Wow. And I started coughing oh. at that moment. And we know that when you cough, mm. It's, it's a sign that breath right. has entered your body. Yes, breath yes. has entered your lungs. My so we God. honestly believe that in mm. that moment, I was stamped with yes. with a you're not done <laughs> you right. know you're not done with me yet <laughs> you know so wow. so that was that literally was a resurrection it was a resurrection Ooh. miracle praise god um and actually my my dad would preach that it oh didn't god. really become my own testimony until mm. i became older right right um but my dad used to share that and i would hear my own story and i'd be like this is so unreal but <laughs> do you have any memory of that actually Yes. Oh, you do? Uh, yes. So I'm glad that you asked me. Wow. Because the way your mind works mm-hmm. is it's it's a trauma right. um, tactic, right? right? So when your mind goes, when you encounter deep trauma, yeah. there's certain things that you remember. True. So I remember, I don't remember the impact, mm-hmm. but I remember waking up yeah. and crying for my favorite pair of sneakers. Ah. So... I even remember the sneakers. They were the Velcro. Yeah, yeah. They were tan. Uh And then on the side, it had a hologram rainbow on it. You remember those details? I remember the details. They were my favorite sneakers. And I Mm. woke up crying for the sneakers. Mm. And for years, I would ask God, God, why would I remember just that moment? Why did I remember that those were my pair of sneakers? And, And that's the only thing I can remember was waking up crying for my sneakers yeah yeah and it's because it's the rainbow the rainbow yeah the rainbow it was the uh, promise yes. that i shall live yes. and not die amen so hallelujah. i know i was just like wow god hallelujah every detail wow every single detail wow. god god already had it yes so yeah wow. i always say if the enemy cannot kill you physically mm. he will try to kill you emotionally it's so true it's so true tanya Mm-mm. and that's when later after that we had to be we relocated to new york mm-hmm. where uh, my dad accepted a position at a local church and the son of the pastor took it upon himself to sexually abuse me mm. i had to be about five four or five years old mm. by the time that that happened yeah and I also remember those details yeah, because it was a trauma right. to my mind right. to think that I could remember something at that age. Yes. Um, and that was the main hit yeah. to what really changed the course of my life. My goodness. So how long did the molestation continue? It happened. It felt like it happened forever. Right. But now realistically looking back, probably Mm -hmm. just a couple of months. Yeah. 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 Because we had just relocated. So Mm -hmm. we stayed there until we were able to find our own. So you were staying in the pastor's home. Yes. Ah. Do you recall feeling like you you knew you could not tell your parents? Well, the devil is such a deceiver. Yes. So one of the things that the abuser would tell me 
is that if you tell, you will ruin your father's ministry. Mm. So when you're a child of five or six. Yeah. Like, so when you talk about um, sexual abuse Mm. and then you put in spiritual abuse and spiritual manipulation in, in that way. And when you talking, you're talking to a girl that that's I'm a daddy's girl. That's yeah. all I knew was yeah. seeing my dad up in the altar, you know, right. preaching and going to conferences. And doing, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to ruin my dad's ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? No. Right, right. And that literally shut me up until mm. about my 30s. My God. That I was able to share. You finally were able I to talk about it. I was finally able to share. Were you, did you, did you eventually tell your parents when it occurred? I did. Ah. Oh, I did. I bet your parents were just so devastated. They that were. That you had to endure all of that. They were. So funny enough, well, not too funny, but I had, um, dealing with my own trauma in life, I dropped out of Lee. Yeah. And. The university. The university. Yeah. And, um. I experienced another form of trauma through a domestic abuse relationship. And um, I went, when I enrolled back into Lee, I took a lot of like psychology classes. Yeah. Because I wanted to like treat myself. I wanted to understand like, why did I keep making like decisions or mm-hmm. you know what was my mental you know mm-hmm. cycle so when I told my parents I had already been at a point where I felt like I had self-diagnosed myself yeah yeah and I was ready yeah like I was ready to share yeah. and I was ready for the for the mm-hmm. ramifications right. you know for for the comeback yes Amen. um so that was Wow. A pretty interesting day. So that's probably when the healing really started flowing as you were able to share what had happened. Yes. Well, I know as a result of that, and uh, you know, and I know I, I need to bring you back for like three or four <laughs> sessions because your story, there's so many levels to mm-hmm. your story. But I, I know that greatly impacted you seeing how the effects of abuse um traumatized you in such a way um in your choices as an adult in many of the things you encountered as an adult Mm. and you took all of that and you began to allow god to use that so you could help other women right in sexual traumatic situations. So I want you to tell the audience, because I know there are people listening that don't know much about your ministry. Right. And I want you to introduce them to the ministry, what you are doing and how it got started. Sure. So now I'm, I'm the CEO and founder of the Mavuno Project. Right. So Mavuno is Swahili for harvest. And I just love that name. And the way it started really was just a desire, like you said, to reach women. Mm -hmm. So I started selling jewelry. And I had called it Mavuno Jewelry with Purpose. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show how even if you just, the little that you have, God can just make it into something so amazing that you don't even know. You don't, you so don't even true. understand. You're so just true. being obedient to like that first step. Yeah. So I started selling jewelry and to my friends, family, um, just to want to reach women and use that as an avenue. But I still felt like that just wasn't what 
I still felt empty. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like this isn't really it. Like mm-hmm. I know I have a desire for women to reach yeah. women, but this isn't re- it's not working. But then one day I woke up and I could literally feel, I could hear that voice inside of me that said, you need to go sell jewelry mm. outside of the strip club. Wow. And he told me the strip club to go to. And the strip club happened to be like, a block or two away from the church I was attending at the time. Wow. And I I fought with God and I said, God, these people from church are going to think I'm crazy. They're <laughs> going to think I'm going to the strip club. And God was like, do you want your healing? Mm. Do you want to find your purpose? Then mm. go. Wow. And I set up my car in front of the strip club and I would sell jewelry outside of the trunk of my car and slowly um I got to see a lot of the girls got to meet a lot of the girls because they would come by the car and then after about six months of doing that the owner of the strip club comes out and he says I really like your work ethics (laughs) (laughs) he goes you've been standing in front of my strip club For months, selling jewelry every single night. Um, So I prepared, and that's kind of what the the key words there that God really just was like, this is it. He goes, I prepared a table for you in the locker rooms of the the girls inside the club. He goes, I want you to go sell your jewelry in there. Oh. And immediately I was like, I'm a church girl. I'm like, I've (laughs) never been inside of a strip club. Like the parking lot is as far as I will go. I'm not going inside of no strip club. You know, I might have watched a couple of, you know, music videos or something like that. I said, but I've never been inside of one. Wow. And immediately the scripture that says he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. enemies. Amen. And it was it was a spiritual enemy. Right, you know, and, right. And we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right. but against spirits and, um, and principalities. Right. So God was like, this is it. This you is your next step. You I had, had to, to obey. You know, it, it, I want to pause there because I want the listeners to catch that. You had to obey from the moment he said to first begin in the parking lot to when mm-hmm. he opened the door for you to go in. Right. God was getting you ready all along, Mm -hmm. but it took your obedience. And when you said that, it reminded me of Peter, when Peter had the dream of all this unclean stuff Mm -hmm. and God says, now get up and eat. Mm -hmm. And Peter said, I've never eaten anything unclean. I'm a Jew. You know, I, I can't do that. This would go against my religion, you know? And yet God said, I want you to get up. You're going to go to a Gentile's house. You're going to share right. the gospel. It was out of his comfort zone, but he was obedient. And the gospel went to the Gentiles. God said, Tanya, I want you now to walk in the door, walk, walk in that door. I prepared a table for you. If you had not obeyed, oh my word, I hope the audience catches that obedience is key. So you get in the door. What yeah. happens when you get there? Wow. Pastor Jamie, you don't even want to know. <laughs> I'm just so, you know, I'm blessed that my parents moved a lot. 
<laughs> because I I feel like I have so many different cultures inside of me that I'm easily I was easily able to kind of like adapt. Right. Um, but I wasn't ready for what I saw when I walked in there. Mm. Um, but I knew God had given me specific instructions. He mm -hmm. goes, You're gonna go in there, you're gonna sit, mm. and you're not gonna say a word. Wow. So for several months, I would go in, I'd sit, mm. and I wouldn't say a word. Ooh. They would just come by the jewelry, and then, you know, I, they would just leave. But God was like, listen, mm. listen, just yeah. listen. Amen. So I always called it the, um, the, the there was like a, like a time, like a bomb what I called it like a time clock bomb uh -huh. where I just knew that's when that was the time where the girls got drunk enough. Mm -hmm. They got drugged up enough yeah. to start talking. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew they would there was, open up. They would open up. There was yeah. always like that time. It was always like a three yeah. or four o'clock in the morning because I right. would stay till five o'clock in the morning. You were truly fully obedient. I was there. I yeah. was there. And, uh, it, and then God was like, listen, listen. And Pastor Jamie, what I heard was the same things that had happened to me. Yeah. And it was almost as if God revealed all the years of anger, the mm -hmm. years of bitterness, mm -hmm. the years of me just saying, why God, yeah. you know, why me, why did this happen to me? And then yeah. to hear them. Yeah. share the same stories mm. it was like god was telling me tanya this could have been you mm -hmm. and the only difference between you and these girls was that you knew jesus yeah yeah from an early age yeah you knew jesus yeah but you have to tell these girls about jesus yeah because you don't want any other girl to go through what you went through amen and I started to hear other more horrific stories mm. um, about trafficking. Mm. And I didn't understand what that was at the time. I'm talking about 2009. Right. Human trafficking was not a subject. It right. was just not an issue as, right. as it is today. Um, and I started to hear and see things that I was like, this looks weird. And God was just like, you know, just, just watch, watch and observe, watch yeah. and observe. And I started to see things like girls that would take all their money that they made the entire night. And then they would give it to this one guy mm -hmm. and then they'd walk away like just lonely. Mm. And I was like, why does she just give her money to this guy? Like she earned that, like right. quote unquote, you yeah. know, she spent all night here earning that. Like, why did that happen? Yeah. Then I started to hear stories of, I would ask some of the girls, why are you here? Oh, well, I got, I got taken here from Cuba. They brought me here from Dominican Republic. I'm here from Argentina. Oh and, and I'm like, but how did you get here? And they're like, well, because when I came, this is what they made me do. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, well, surely that was an agreement. Like surely yeah. it was okay, you know, bring me here and I'll do this. But I didn't know that it was forced. I didn't yeah. know that they had taken all their papers, their documents, yeah. and said, you had to do this. Right. Um, and that's when I started to put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until God released me mm. two years, Pastor Jamie, inside oh, the strip clubs.
It wasn't until God released me that he said, go tell. So you were there for two years being faithful. Faithful to go and just sit, watch, observe, learn. God, why am I here? What are you wanting to say to me? What are you doing, Lord? And he just says, watch, observe, learn. Yes. And then something switched and you knew now it's time to take action. Yes. Okay. Wow. The third day came. Right. Right. <laughs> the third day. And Woo. you know, it, it, it showed me so much. It showed me one that in order to be light, you don't always have to be like this loud voice. That's exactly right. Sometimes say it. that's good. All you have to do is show up. Show up. I'll tell you a story. Pastor Jamie, do you know that? There would be times where I would be sitting there with my jewelry and girls would come to me and just give me money without buying the jewelry because they would say, we're just so happy you're here. I was the only stable person that they knew they can count on Mm. seeing every single night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even something like that speaks to God's love. Yes. I mean, just... Being an example. Being present. Being present. And you know, I th- oh my goodness, I'm just thinking about my th- th- what you're saying, this pattern here. You were three years old and was you were resurrected. Mm-hmm. You are on the third year, a resurrection, a coming to life. Uh, uh, it's time to now mm-hmm. move forward. It's time for action. And it's almost like the third day, you know, the third day, God is shaking the earth and a a quickening and a making alive and an awakening begins Mm -hmm. to occur. Those women needed to know they could trust you, that you were faithful and you didn't ask anything. You Mm -hmm. you weren't in there saying, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do this. You were just there. You listened. Right. And they watched your life and therefore relationship of trust was established. What began to happen? Well, I, they started sharing their stories with me Mm -hmm. and telling me, being honest and letting me know that they were slaves. And so did you say, I'm going to get you out of here? What, I mean, what were you thinking? Absolutely (laughs) not. It's not like the movies. Come on, we're getting out of here. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, remember, remember, there weren't services like that back in the days. Right. It it just wasn't like that. It did not Mm -mm. exist. Mm -mm. Um, And I was in a place where the traffickers were there with them. Right. It was too dangerous. It was too dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, I had to use wisdom. Of course. You know, I I wasn't there to be like this rescue ranger, (laughs) you know, soldier, (laughs) but I was there to be a light, right? you know, and, and you knew your assignment, right? I knew my assignment and Mm. they would confide in me and I would even have the traffickers ask me, did I want to go be their next girlfriend Wow. or, you know, or, or say, Hey, I can get you out of selling jewelry. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't have to sell jewelry. I can give you way more money than that. Mm. So I knew that it, that wasn't the, the, the place for me to, you know, try to rescue. Um, I just knew that God was setting me up to Mm. be a voice. Yes. To be a sounding alarm. Yeah. To prepare the way. Yeah. You know, to let people know 
this is happening. Mm. And many times, Pastor Jamie, I would sit there. Let me just clarify something. I was selling jewelry, but the jewelry was only $5. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Right, right. I wasn't in there yeah. selling like $100 pieces of gold, no. you know, gold bling, <laughs> you know, or anything like that. You know, the jewelry was $5 right. jewelry. Right. I would get out of there smelling like cigarettes, yeah. alcohol, yeah. pee. Yes, I'm sure. You know, yes. um, because... Mm-hmm. they would it when was they're just, intoxicated they yeah. would just yeah, yeah it would just be a really bad situation right that's what I would walk out smelling like yeah and many times I would say God why and God would remind me because where I'm taking you mm-hmm. this is where you need to go through yeah this is the path you need to take to go mm-hmm. to where I'm taking you yes amen. and little did I know mm-hmm. that I would be standing years later in 2017 this was back in 2009 in 2017 i would be standing in a trash mine in honduras mm-hmm. where guess what i could smell the cigarettes i can yeah. smell the pee i can smell the smoke and yes. i could stand mm. in the middle of that because god had already prepared me for yes. that Yes, yes. Amen. So I know you've been working mm-hmm. to to make people aware right. of how real human trafficking is and that it's not just um, in, on foreign soil. It's on foreign soil, but right. it's all it's everywhere. Have you seen people become more um engaged as the I'm sure initially people probably looked at you like you were nuts but Mm -hmm. have you seen people become more engaged with wanting to be more um, equipped to help I mean where has it gone in these years I have I have seen people wanting to be more engaged I mean thank God for amazing organizations that God Mm -hmm. has you know really put on the front line to raise awareness in such a with such a a horrible issue but there's still a need to educate. There's still oh, yeah. a need to prevent because there's still so much naiveness. So true. And when, you know, the, you know how the enemy works. When yeah. he thinks you got him in one, on one door, he works mm-hmm. out another scheme to try to go through another door. So, true. so yeah. it's, there's always an education process. So, right. so before it used to be where, you know, they would grab him off the corner or something right. like that. Right. Then it became the role that would be the monkey, um, what I call the, the monkey trafficker, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, gorilla trafficker. So uh-huh. they would just grab you from the street, the right. abductions and things right. like that, right. which that's not the most common form. Mm-mm. But, and then it became the Romeo trafficker, yes, which right. is the most common form, yeah. you know, the whole boyfriend, yes. I right. love you and all that uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but now it's social media. Uh-huh. Now it's online luring, internet luring. And mm. and so there's always, and you always have to educate. You always have to it's be true. ahead of the game, ahead of the enemy yeah. and say, watch out, look out. This yeah. is, this is here. Right. Right. And it's hey. happening to a lot of us, a lot of yes, people, a lot of women mm-hmm. get pulled into that right. unknowingly and then they're trapped. Right. So what, what could people do to maybe hear more about this? And there might be somebody listening that's like, man, I need to get more educated. I need to get more involved with mm-hmm. helping with projects such mm-hmm. as yours. I mean, what would they do? So 
they can contact me. They can reach me on my website, www.themabunoproject.com. I'm also on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at themabuno.com. I would more than likely love to go and speak and yes. educate on human trafficking and child yes. sexual exploitation. Mm -hmm. um, they can get involved with our ministry. We do mission trips yeah. where we have a safe house in Honduras. We have girls that have been rescued from human trafficking and wow. child sexual exploitation. And we do mission trips now to educate mm -hmm. girls and, and kids and children in right. these third world countries right. that really do don't have a chance yeah. you know they really don't have right. someone there warning them because they're so vulnerable exactly so that is a way that they can get involved with me um, is reaching out to me I would love to meet anyone that wants more information about what we do and how they can get involved in the fight against human trafficking that's so good and I I, I pray our listeners definitely mm -hmm. check you out in the work that you're doing I know that you took what the enemy meant for evil because he wanted to destroy you with that. Mm -hmm. And you have now turned it um, around. You've allowed God to turn it around and use it for good. How could you encourage someone today to take their pain and surrender it to the Lord so that he can now turn it and use it for good? You know, when you sent me the questions for mm -hmm. this, that was the one question that I was like, wow how can i <laughs> encourage mm -hmm. someone because it really is such a personal experience it, it really is something that i it's not just like a flat answer yeah but i can share what i did yeah um i wrestled with god yeah and i was reminded of the story in genesis where jacob wrestled with god yes, yes. and for years and i've been taught for many years, you know, that an old school, you don't ask God any questions, right, you know, and yeah. right. You don't question God, yes. you know, and, and I'm like, no, there mm -hmm. had, there came a time in my yeah. life, Pastor Jamie, where I was sick and tired of being sick mm. and tired. Yeah. And there came a point in my life where I said, God, I'm going to wrestle with you. Mm. I'm going to stand in front of this mirror. I'm going to stand wow. in this room or go on my knees. And yeah. I'm not going to get up here like Jacob did. Yeah. There was a time where Jacob was holding on to that angel, to, to God, right? Yes, yes. So long. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was my heart. I got yeah. so desperate where I said, God, I am not going to let you go until you bless me, until you give me a breakthrough, until right. you heal me. Yes. until something happens where I'm getting out of here changed. Mm. And just like the story where he says that God changed Jacob's yes. name. And we know what happens when God changes names. Yes. Your life changes. Yes. Your identity Amen. changes. Amen. Who you are changes. What you do changes. Yes. And that is what I actually encourage every person to do is to mm. not be afraid to get in a room wrestle with God and yeah. say, God, this happened to me. Now what? Amen. What can I do? Amen. How can we use this? How yeah. can I stomp on the devil's head Amen. with what <laughs> happened to me? Yes. And I can turn this around for your glory. Yes. And that's the key. And that's the key. Surrendering it to the Lord and let him yes. 
turn it around. Yes. It's getting, I love what you just said. If, if it takes wrestling that out mm-hmm. with the Lord until you can, until you know, there's a change. Yes. Till you know, there's a change. Would you take a moment, Tanya, and pray for the listener who's, I can just feel it in the mm. spirit. They're just, they're wrestling with this very thing right now. And they need our prayers. I'm telling you, if this is you today, if you're feeling the Holy Spirit deal with you, like you've been wrestling this long Mm -hmm. enough, it's time to let God change Mm -hmm. you and use this situation. I'm going to ask you, Tanya, to pray for that person who is in that position right now. Lord, we just, first of all, thank you, God, for this opportunity to share, Lord. Lord, we thank you for every ear that Mm. is tuning in, God. Mm -hmm. You know the words that were spoken, Lord. And if this resonated with anyone that is listening out there, God, we pray that first you put your arms of healing and comfort around them, Lord. That you let them know that there is no shame, (laughs) That their past will not become their future. There is no shame, Lord God. There is nothing too big that you cannot change, that you cannot Mm. heal, Lord. So God, I just pray right now, God, that you will soften the hardened hearts, Lord. Mm. There might be people that are wrestling, that are maybe, they might be blaming you, Lord, for everything that has happened, Mm. God. Let them know that in every single hurtful moment, you were walking right alongside of them, Lord. That you were holding every single tear. That you took nothing for granted, God. That, Lord, you want to restore them, God. You want to heal them. It is in your plan for them to be whole, Lord God. Your word says that you have come to give us life and to give us life more abundantly, Lord God. So I just pray, Father, for the person that is hearing this today, Lord, that you would speak, you would breathe life into their lungs, Lord God, a new life, a new name, a new identity, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. They are no longer their abuse. They are no longer their past. They are no longer their mistakes, but they are a chosen, called child of God. And we proclaim that right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. I feel the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Reach out. Reach out today to someone. Don't delay. Not even another day. And we're praying for you. Well, if you haven't connected with one of our women's discipleship process groups, I want to invite you to get registered to attend our Yearning for Renewal small group. It's not too late. This is the first step in growing in community with us here at Cooper City Church of God. I know these groups will change your life, so get connected. Go to coopercitygroups.com to register. Once again, Tanya, thank you so much. What a thank blessing. Thank you, Pastor Jamie, for having me. Such an honor. Thank you again for joining us here on the Fearless Journey podcast. I hope you all leave encouraged wherever and whenever you're listening. We can't wait for you to hear more from our fearless women as we share new stories every Friday. Until next time, let's go live fearless.